Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. Happy Valentine's Day, Unity on the Bay! Happy month of love, happy day of love. It's a beautiful thing. I always like to go and check out the different Valentine cards that are available to send to our beloveds. Only this year, as I was moving through the racks of cards, I realized that there were none of them that really expressed what I have so often felt toward many of the individuals I have loved in my life. They all just seemed a little superficial, so I decided to make one of my own, beautifully decorated with these lovely red glowing stickers, and I put inside of it the words that have moved me on so many occasions with the people that are nearest and dearest in my life. I'd like to share with you now my Valentine. Excuse me, could you please say that again? I don't believe I heard you correctly. Listen, just who the hell do you think you are? For God's sake, what am I supposed to be, your servant? Don't you dare talk to me in that tone of voice. I guess we just aren't meant to be together. That's all I've had it up to here. I will not deal with you for another single moment. I'm not trying to be threatening here, but let me just say that I believe we might be at certain points in our life where it's just time to go ahead and pack our bags and get out of here. I don't need this kind of situation in my life. Oh, that's cute. That's real cute. I don't have to stand for this. Isn't that just moving and touching? And haven't you wanted to express yourself in that way to the people that you love? Let's be honest now. This is Unity on the Bay. There's no getting away with the facade of love. We want to get into the heart and the soul of love. And that includes a cycle. I guess I would call it a cycle or a process by which love so often shows up in our lives. Kevin did a great job of helping us to begin to understand that last week. And I want to take it into a slightly different form by asking you the question this morning, in your own mind and in your own heart, what is love? And I ask you that to go deep with that question because there is a certain conditioning that we've all received regarding what love is, how it shows up, and what we're supposed to do with it once it ends up on the platter of our lives. It begins with an experience, a lovely experience, called romance. We've all enjoyed romance. How many romantics do we have in the room? I'm a romantic, and I'm proud of it. You know, I love that because romance brings this wonderful flavor to life, and it's a great thing. Romance, you know, it's that wonderful experience that happens when someone shows up in our life, and they just sort of sweep us off our feet, and off we go. We fall in love. It's beautiful. Romance then leads to something called idealization. That is that we begin to idealize the object that we are romancing. We begin to idealize it. We all have in our minds an image that we've been creating probably since just about the time we showed up on the planet of what the idyllic lover is going to be in our life. And so we just idealize this, you know, and it's so easy to just set aside all the faults and frailties of an individual and get wrapped up in how ideal they are, the ideal of love. The ideal of love then moves to an interesting experience called possession. (sighs) I love you so much. (laughs) That I believe I will possess you. (laughs) 
You know, you know, you know, here we go. I will possess you. I would like to make you a portion of my property. Let's you know. <laughs> possession then naturally has to lead to control. If I'm going to possess you, I have to control you, right? I have to make you do the things that I want you to do. And I have to in some way let you know when you don't show up the way that I expect you or need you, need you, need you, and want you to show up. But this is all in the name of love. I'm only doing this because I love you so much. <laughs> but you had better conform to my expectations. Now, an interesting thing is, my friends, that we go into this <laughs> with a very covert agenda. You see, I'm in love with you, but I am not going to let you know that here in my pocket I have a list of things that I am expecting of you, of activities that I would find suitable for you, and behaviors that I would find unsuitable. So although I'm not going to tell you what my rules are, because you'll find out when you violate them, not <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what my rules are, but they're right here. And don't you forget it. But I love you. I just love you. This is so amazing. I'm, I'm just blown away with romance, idealization, expectation, control, all these things. How many of you can relate to this? Come on, you've either, you know, sometimes you can just walk up to an individual and it's like, oh, I find you attractive and there's some kind of chemistry here, but you just turn around because you can feel what's about to come. And so there's a tendency to want to push it away because most of us have been there and we don't like that journey. We don't like it because it leads to a number of things, the first of which is disappointment. And it starts with, sweetheart, I'm just a little bit disappointed in you. You know, I, I thought that you were going to do this, or I thought you were going to be this, and then you didn't do, and you didn't be this. So i got to let you know, because I'm, a, I'm into honest communication here. I'm just a little disappointed. Just a little bit disappointed. Now, the problem with a little bit of disappointment is that it so frequently leads to a lot of disappointment. The little disappointments began to come to pass, and you begin to have the disappointments come up against your ideal relationship, your idealization. And a clash begins to occur that results in an experience called frustration. I am so frustrated because I just asked for a simple thing and I couldn't get it. Realizing, of course, that perhaps it might be that we came into the relationship more interested in getting than in giving. And while there's nothing wrong with getting, nothing wrong with receiving, most acts of love begin with some kind of extension. We're trying to... to be open in our expression and, and, and bring something to the relationship. So from frustration, you know, it's only a matter of time before you get so frustrated that what other option do you have except, I'm so sorry, but I must reject you. Because I thought you were going to be the perfect match, but the, the longer I'm hanging around you and the more I set you up against my criteria, it just isn't working. So I'm going to reject you. And rejection for both the one who is rejected and the one who rejects ultimately results in pain. And we've all been down the road of being totally dismayed because, after all, we had the perfect love on our hands one minute, and then the next minute it just seemed to go awry, and we're so full of hurt and anguish and sorrow and pain. And, you know, I guess that's just the way love is. Come on. You know, that in itself should be some kind of indication that what we're dealing with here is not so much love as sort of a perverse conditioning that sets up the expectation that is bound to be disappointing. So we move from pain into, you know, if you've hurt me, and of course you have, and um, whether you realize it or not, then I have no option but to punish you. <laughs> I have no option but to punish you. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure that you realize that you put me in pain by inflicting some kind of punishment on you. 
And it won't, again, be an overt punishment. It'll be very covert. You might even not know what hit you, but trust me, it will hit you. <laughs> you know, like, happy Valentine's Day, really. <laughs> I don't get it. And the, the saddest part of all, my friends, is that the vast majority of my life I spent invested in that paradigm or that understanding of true love because it's what was given to me. And I actually felt totally justified expecting everybody in my world to live up to my expectations and to succumb to my possession and my control. I actually believed that that was healthy behavior. Well, it's not. So if you want to delve into this understanding of what love is, I'm going to take you to our scripture for this morning, which is found in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. It says, love is patient. Love is kind and envies no one. Love is never boastful, nor conceited, nor rude, never selfish, not quick to take offense. Love keeps no score of wrongs, does not gloat over another's sins. Let's take a look at that one real quickly. <laughs> Done any gloating over another person's sins lately? But delights in truth. There is nothing love cannot face. There is no limit to its faith, its hope. And love, but the greatest of them all, the greatest of them all is love. So I think it's worth our while to take another look at what we consider love to be and how it shows up in our relationships. The title of my message this morning is Going Steady with God. Let's take a trip back in time. Remember when you first fell head over heels and you wanted more than anything to go steady with that person. In my day, although I'm totally dating myself here, we used to have these ID bracelets with our names on them. And it's like that, I wanted that more than anything so that I could give it away, you know, to the ideal of my aspirations in romance and love and life. This morning, I want to talk about going steady with God. And when you go steady, you know, what you do is you make a commitment to another individual or individuals. You make a commitment that you're going to stay with that relationship. You're going to somehow be with that person in a way that will allow you to get to know them better, to interact with them, and perhaps move the relationship to another level. When we say we're going to go steady with God, what we're saying is that we're going to go steady with everybody and everything in our lives. We're going to make a commitment to ride with whatever it is that shows up in terms of people or situations in our life. And we're going to allow those people and situations to take our relationship with life to another level. When we go steady with God, we are, in essence, making an agreement to court three aspects of God in our life. Because remember, there's only one presence, there's only one power, and it's God. That presence and that power shows up in no less than three different arenas, circumstances, other people, and ourselves realizing that we're only breaking this out for the purposes of discussion. In reality, it's all one energy. There are not separate energies running around, although it appears that way to us. So when we go steady with God, what we're really saying is we're going to go steady with our lives. I'm going to begin with circumstances, or what I will call loving the stage. That is the stage upon which your life is set. And for most of us in this room, for all of us in this room, it begins actually with the planet, so I ask you this morning, are you loving the planet? Are you committed to the planet? Because it's your home while you're in this earthly human sojourn. This is your home. 
We can do this by simply acknowledging when the sun rises or when the sun sets to say, thank you, I love you, and I appreciate you. We can be more mindful environmentally, and many of us are doing this. We're learning to love the planet, and it's a beautiful thing. We can love our personal environments. If you have not said I love you to the place in which you live lately, I strongly suggest that you do it when you get home today. Because remember, it's all energy and it feels you, my friends. I just moved into a new residence this weekend. I'm absolutely exhausted this morning. If I ever say I'm going to move, tell me no. Don't want to do it again. But I did make a point to go through every single room of the house and bless it and thank it for being there for me. Because energetically, our environments pick these things up. And finally, events. If anybody has an event happening in their life right now that you do not feel you are in love with, just become aware of it. And realize that events, like people, are in our lives always to bless us, whether we can realize that or not. The sooner we do realize that everything and everyone is a blessing, the more quickly we can begin to see the results of that blessing manifest in our world. So we love the stage, we love the circumstances, and then the next task is to love the cast of characters. Now, I know a lot of us still remain in sort of a victimized state of consciousness. We believe that people in our lives just sort of show up helter-skelter, whatever, and that we don't have anything to do with that. But we know that in unity, we are the creators, the co-creators at least, of our world, yes? We're co-creating all the time. Do not think for a moment that the presence and the power of God as the only presence and power that is, is not ever and always delivering exactly the right people into your life experience. And you say, well, not those mean, nasty, foul adversaries out there. Most especially, all of us have a conscious aspect to our identity, and all of us have an unconscious aspect to our identity. And all you have to do is read a little bit of Carl Jung, and you will realize that it is so easy and habitual for us to dig into the unconscious aspects of our own self and project them onto the people who occupy space in our world, making demons of them, when in actuality they are blessed mirrors that are trying to reveal the hidden aspects of our own character. Not so that we can lament over them, but so that we can realize the only reason they were so fearful and adversarial was because we had put them away into the dark recesses of our unconscious mind where they grew very rusty and old indeed. And we bring them out one by one and we begin to love and accept them when we realize every aspect of our life and every individual in our life is a part of this one God. This includes your friends, your families. I know nobody has anybody in their immediate family or distant family that has ever caused them a problem or a challenge of any kind, so I don't even know why I bring it up. But on the remote possibility that there's someone in your family, realize that you have created these individuals in very close proximity to you in your family for a reason. They have something to gift you with. They have something to tell you. They have something from which you can grow to our acquaintances and even to strangers. You know, sometimes encounters with a stranger can actually be the most rewarding in terms of understanding yourself better. Check out not only those major reactions you have to people, but also even the mildest of irritations because those irritations are invitations for you to go within and love another aspect of yourself. And finally, come into the arena of loving the star, the celebrity, the focal point of your life. And that would be nobody else but the one that you wake up with every morning, the one that you dine with at every meal, the one that you fall asleep with at night, 
the one who has been with you in every single experience that you ever have had, that you are having now, or that you ever will have. And that star of your drama, my friends, is you. And it's been said that if we can get to the place of really loving and accepting ourselves, especially those aspects that we consider to be weaknesses or frailties, we will find it much easier than to love the circumstances and the individuals in our life. It begins by loving your personality, loving your ego. Now, in unity, of course, we tell people that we do not believe in a devil, that we believe the only devil that exists is the devil that we create within our own minds. And yet, for many of us, we have taken this little character called the ego, and we have just made him into the devil. And we'll just do whatever we can to get rid of that evil one that's within us, that ego. So we've just simply changed the name of it. But I'll tell you this, my friends, the ego serves a valuable purpose in your life in terms of getting around on this planet. Your personality is also of God. It's not for you to reject the ego or try to overcome the ego, but simply to allow the ego to find its right place in your life. And that right place is probably not the driver's seat of your vehicle because it can be dangerous there. How do you get the ego to suspend its control over the, every aspect of your life and step into its proper place in your experience? By loving and accepting it, by not being afraid of it and by not trying to reject it, but simply saying, here, I can create a space for you in my world and in my life that will be the right place for you to occupy. And in that place, you'll actually be more comfortable because your ego, my friends, knows that it was never designed to live your life in the first place. You're the one that put it in the driver's seat and it's freaking out and you're freaking out. All you have to do is give it a warm embrace and say, look, it's going to be all right. I'm putting you over here on the passenger side while the Christ begins to reign over my life and direct my steps. Learning to love and appreciate and accept your thoughts and your feelings a lot of times in unity. With all good intentions, we look at our thoughts and we identify the ones that we feel are negative thoughts, are bad thoughts, and we try to get rid of those thoughts. But I'll tell you, the best way to put your negative thoughts or the thoughts that you don't feel are serving you into a practical use in your life is also to love and to accept them. To love and accept the unconscious makeup of who you are. As I was saying, those pockets of yourself that you're not even aware of right now. And remember, the only way that you're going to become aware of the parts of yourself that you have denied and put away is through the reflection that you see in other people when they're pushing your buttons, when they're giving you a difficult time. We live in a world where there are so many right now uh, body images in the media and um, on the screen, on the silver screen. When we go to the movies, we see these absolutely perfect people. Of course, most of them, I think, are 90% airbrushed, but they're perfect nonetheless. And we say, ooh, I want to be just like that. And we think that our bodies are not sufficient, are not adequate just the way they are. And yet I'll tell you this, my friends, you're in this room this morning because of the service that your body has provided you. Your heart has beat for you since the day you showed up on the planet. Your legs, your, your limbs, they continue to move you and they continue to serve you. And I'll tell you this, there is no image outside of you that can compare to the beauty and the splendor that you are on every level, including your physical body right now. You need to give thanks for that. Because the only alternative is to stand there in the mirror and continually and constantly compare yourself to all these idyllic images. You see, it's the same thing. Just accept yourself the way you are. And what you'll find is if you need to make changes to make your physical body improved or your health better, they'll come naturally to you. They won't be forced because you're in competition with some kind of an image that's been set up outside of you. 
Love your strengths, your weaknesses. Remember, the more that you love your weaknesses, the more you realize that they are your strengths in disguise. And finally, love your divinity, which is really all of the above. Love your divinity, every aspect of your makeup. Some of you are familiar with the work of Byron Katie. She wrote a book called Loving What Is. That is, loving what is in your life right now, not trying to make it better, not trying to improve it, but really loving all of who and what you are in this moment. And she says this, My experience is that confusion is the only suffering. Confusion is when you argue with what is. When you're perfectly clear, what is is what you want. So when you want something different from what is, you can know that you're very confused. You see, what is right now in your life, in your body, and in your being is exactly what needs to be. My friends, this is not a maladjusted universe, and you are not a maladjusted individual. God has placed everything in your life for a divine purpose that may be beyond your understanding, but I assure you, if you can learn to love and accept what is right now, then if anything needs to change, it will change naturally, and it will change lovingly out of your own shift in consciousness. Love and accept every aspect of your life experience right now. So what I'm really saying is another word for love is acceptance. I'm not going to try to change you. I'm not going to hold you up to a line of expectations and then be disappointed and ticked off when you don't meet them. I'm no longer going to continue to try to punish you because you're not my idea of what you ought to be. I'm going to accept you. And I'm going to be able to accept you because I'm going to be able to accept myself. My friends, use what is before you right now in your life this morning to enrich yourself rather than allowing it to diminish you. Whatever is in your life right now has the capacity to make a richer, greater, grander, better person out of you if you will just stop trying to kick it out the door, if you'll stop trying to make it what you think it needs to be, whether that is the love of your life, your significant other, or whether it's simply the manner in which the state of mind that you woke up this morning, just begin to love and accept and allow those to be your Valentine's gift to yourself. When you don't like your circumstances or the people in your life or yourself, use them to integrate your unconscious makeup. I'm having resistance here. I want to get rid of something. Stop. Stop the effort of trying to evict it from your life experience. Instead, love and embrace it, and you will see that it has a gift for you. Kevin blessed us last week with his message, and I want to share with you some words from his book, The Game of Love, which is available in the Source Bookstore still today. And it's a great book on understanding relationships from this different vantage point. He says this, whenever you are holding a grievance, now I use this word grievance, or Kevin does, in terms of the Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles will tell you that a grievance is any time you don't like an aspect of the experience you are engaged in right now. You're holding a grievance against it. So you're putting out a negative energy toward it. Whenever you are holding a grievance within you toward anyone or anything, you have a choice. The choice before you is either going to be to set you free and offer you peace or bind you further to pain and despair. It all depends on you. What will you do? Isn't that beautiful? What will you do? What will you do with what is delivered to you by the hand of God as your blessing? 
How will you perceive it? Will you turn it into a nasty demon that causes havoc and dismay in your life, or will you turn it into the fertilizer out of which you will grow into a greater and grander person? I want to wrap this up this morning by asking you to speak three affirmations. You've heard these words before, but you need to go deep down into your heart because I want them to resonate in the center of your soul with me this morning. I want all of Miami to feel the love and acceptance you have for the circumstances, the people in your life, as well as for yourself. Let's begin with the first one. I love and accept all circumstances in my life. I want you to breathe this one now with me. I love and accept all circumstances in my life. What's happening in this moment right now in your world that you absolutely cannot accept? Say it again. I love and accept all circumstances in my life. I love and accept all people in my life. Together, I love and accept all people in my life. There are no exceptions, my friends, most especially those ones who have caused you harm, have betrayed you, or made your path more difficult in life. And finally, I love and accept myself. Together, I love and accept myself. And again, I love and accept myself. Once more, I love and accept myself. Remember, my friends, this entire human experience is nothing but a reflection of your own consciousness. When you love and accept yourself, you will inevitably find that you are loving and accepting people and situations in every arena of your life. Every Valentine's Day, I invite you to engage in an activity that I myself undertake. And that is to stop before you leave today at the Source Bookstore or perhaps anywhere you can on the way home. And I want you to browse through the Valentine cards wherever they may be laid out. And I want you to find a Valentine that really says to the love of your life what you've always longed to say. Find one that speaks to you. Because, my friends, you are your own love. You are the one that you prep yourself for. You're the one you get excited about. You're the one that when you open that door to go out on the date, there it is, a mirror. And it's you, and you're worthy, and you're deserving, and you're blessed, and you're made by God. Happy Valentine's Day. you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.